Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this. Welcome, everybody. Got a special guest this month, Emmanuel Probst. Actually, Dr. Emmanuel Probst. He has a PhD just like yours truly, but in a slightly adjacent field. And he may even talk about that. He's the global lead of brand thought leadership at Ipsos, the largest publicly traded market research company in the world, I believe, correct? You got it. Emmanuel, thank you for joining us. James, thank you for having me and for the great introduction. So tell us a little bit about your your background, because you've it's quite interesting. I've been researching brands and advertising effectiveness for mm. over 17 years now. Really what's most important to our listeners is I'm curious about people. Why do people do what they do? And from there, how can we create better brands that are more meaningful, more important to people? Ideally, how can we go beyond just selling goods, but also make a positive impact on people and the world around us? That is really what I've been doing ever since I started in our great industry around 2004. Now, today, as you said, I'm global lead for Grand Thought Leadership at Ipsos, which originally is a French company, but we have offices all over the world and mm. 17,000 plus associates. And I also teach consumer market research at the University of California at Los Angeles, UCLA. And as you said, I write books and my latest book is called Assemblage, the Art and Science of Brand Transformation. But again, really my mission is one, to understand why do people do what they do, and two, to share this knowledge with my fellow marketers and the world at large. That's what I'm here for. Awesome. We have a juicy topic. What is wrong with American marketing? And I'm curious to hear what Emmanuel thinks. So I'm going to toss out some questions. And this is a palate cleanser, the first one. So <laughs> what are the... What are the differences between European and American approaches to marketing, if you could make crude generalizations? <laughs> what has been wrong with American marketing <laughs> is <laughs> this relentless intention to force feed people with more products, more brands, and more advertising for products and brands they don't need. <laughs> what has been wrong... <laughs> for a number of years, and mm. that programmatic advertising and definitely social media put on steroids is blasting people with advertising messaging every two seconds of the day. Mm. And in that process, we forget what is really important to people. We forget that most people don't care about most brands, that most people don't seek more products. In that process, we also forgot to make a positive impact on the world. And don't get me wrong, we're here to make a profit, right? Brands are here to move products, and that's completely fine. We have the opportunity to do so, though, in a more responsible fashion. People, to take them from who they are to who they want to become, and that's what I mean by transformative brands. I want the brand to transform me from who I am to who I want to become. And I want the brand to help transform the world around us and the world at large. Is it kind of known in the advertising research world that in the American market, especially 
we are so signal oversaturated that that itself, the volume of the the signals themselves, is enough to reduce the effectiveness of any one ad. Is that what the research is saying? Absolutely, okay. there's absolutely no doubt about it. So that means that means that it was simply easier to get lift in the '80s because there were fewer ads. Exactly. Okay. There were fewer ads. There were also fewer media channels. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's how you see the impact of each and every channel going downhill and the ones that stand out the ads and the brands that stand out are the ones that mean something to people right and help them once again become who they want to be hey listeners exponential growth involves more than a killer product great fundraising and a great team you need superb analytics to ride the ramp Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com slash courses. And now back to the episode. Are there bad assumptions that you think a lot of American marketers tend to make about their craft? Have you noticed? I, I think most American marketers need to wake up to the fact that they no longer fully control the mm. and they have to let go of some of that control. What this means is American marketers or marketers in general can establish the foundations of a brand. What is the big idea? What does the brand stand for? What does the product do? And then need to let go some of the creative control to the audience, content creators of all sorts. I'm not just talking influencers doing TikToks, but really everyday people and marketers have to accept that we live in a world where consumers, audiences, people have leverage and can react very quickly and candidly can do a lot of damage if yeah. and when they want to. And in fact, even when they don't necessarily want to. <laughs> yeah, I think the issue of control is important to bring up. I actually preach that to my own clients. Believe it or not, I, I tell them to learn from their fans as early as they can because they usually don't understand their business as the owner mm. the way that their fans do. It, it's kind of surprised me, Emmanuel. I, I find the same cognitive dissonance amongst founders that I saw amongst marketers at big companies. I didn't expect that to be the case. In other words, having a weird, dis a weird off-center frame of what their brand was really meant to consumers versus what it does. Yeah, you know. It's odd. Well, that's that comes from a limitation of being bubbled. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean by this is if yeah. you're a founder, well, besides the fact that you have your original idea for the brand for its products, you also know way more about the category than anyone else does. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody thinks that much about sparkling water or an energy drink or toothpaste. Right or any of your products that candidly feels functional to most of us. You see this uh, when you do shop along in grocery stores, James. You see that people spend an average of 1.13 seconds staring at a shelf to choose among 150 skews of popcorns, right? And you know that people spend a few seconds in a given aisle, if that. Yeah. And we also know that people tend to buy almost always the same 150 items 
Yep. There's this the 12,000 items, different SKUs you might have in a grocery store. So it is very hard to stand out and it is very hard to differentiate. But again, I think a risk for all of us in this industry and in all humility, I include myself here, is to say we are bubbled reading the same publications and listening yeah. to the same great podcasts and traveling to the same great conferences. That's not how the real world operates, starting with the fact that people think a lot less about products than we do. Is that bubble mentality or tunnel vision that I think leads people to not listen to the signals that the market's telling them? But the difference is that the founders don't know that they should be doing <laughs> your, your clients know they should because they have massive budgets to do it. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're doing it well. <laughs> yeah, you know, in uh, assemblage in my leader's book, The Art and Science of Brand Transformation, uh, I look at those financial implications. The bottom line is it is not the brand with the greatest budget that makes the best impact and that necessarily wins. Yeah. You think in the water category right now, there is a brand called Liquid Death that doesn't even come close to the like, uh, likes of Nestle in terms of, or Danon in terms of budget. And they're really making an impact. They're really coming up with a product, a value proposition and a message that's very different. Reflect on Dollar Shave Club a few years ago. Dollar mm. Shave Club started with a YouTube that was produced with $5,000, which is a drop in the ocean if you consider the budgets that the likes of Unilever and Procter & Gamble are going to deploy in the same category. So it's this David versus Goliath story, and it is not necessarily the brand with the biggest budget and the largest executive team and the biggest advertising agency that's going to win in the long run. And in fact, most of the time, it just simply isn't, period. Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.